Welcome to American Football in Finland, where a few of us Americans in Finland discuss the football being played here every week. You can follow us on Facebook at American Football in Finland, or check out the latest show on perfectpurpose.com slash AFF. I'm Perfect Purpose, here with my co-host, Jabari Harris. Hey, 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 it's good to be back on the show. Uh, this week, we're just going to talk about last week's uh, Maple League results. Unfortunately, we don't have any interviews for you or anything because of the midsummer holiday, but we do have a lot to talk about this week, so we'll get right into it. Hot topic. First game we'll talk about is the Helsinki Roosters, who beat the Hamelina Huskies 35-8 to last week. Uh, actually, I'll let you go first, Jabari, and tell your thoughts about the game. Uh, well, my initial thoughts, like, I mean, everybody, you know, they seen the game, they seen the end stats, and it says, okay, the Roosters are the football gods of Finland. They beat the hell out of the Huskies. Uh, it's no competition. But this game was very, very closer than what people just looking at the stats or the highlights would think. Um, I think that I have to give a lot of praise to the Roosters' defense in this game for being a bend but don't break defense. Um, out of those 30-something points, I think that the Roosters' defense was responsible for two of those touchdowns. Uh, you had a over 90-yard interception return uh, by Santu in the red yards. zone. And then you had another fumble return by Curtis Slater uh, in the game. So when you when you if you take those factors out of the game, this game could have been much closer. Um, I'm not, I don't have anything uh, negative to say about the Huskies. I think that they came into this game prepared, but they still made too many mistakes. Uh, if you look on the offensive side, Stan Bell with two interceptions inside the red zone. Uh, those are the type of things that make a big difference in the game. Also in this game, I think the Roosters defense did a great job limiting Roman runner. Um, I think this game, they had to play without Nico Lester, so one of their weapons weren't active for the game, and that had a lot to do with probably what the Hamelina Huskies wanted to do on offense. If we go over to the Rooster side of the offense, I think that they did just enough, but they, I think that Hamelina's defense did a great job of slowing them down. Uh, if you look at some of the games they played this year where Brandon may have thrown 60-70%, he may have thrown five or six touchdowns and rushed for another one, the Huskies' defense really didn't allow that this week. So I think going into this midsummer break, yeah, they had a loss and it looks bad, but still, I think they have something to grow and to build on. What about you, Purvis? I agree with you. I mean, you can't really say a lot of bad things about the Huskies in this game just because the score didn't go in their favor. They they put up a good fight. I did not like that um, – they tried to change that offense, that, like, Wildcat, 85 defensive players blocking for Roman Runner. It didn't work. You saw that when they first tried it, they actually turned the ball over and gave the other team a touchdown. But I think that it was something that they implemented just to throw something new at the Roosters, which, to credit the Roosters, throwing something new at them doesn't really work. They've proven time and time again that, when you're a solid and sound defense like they are, the tricks and the gimmicks don't do anything to them because they have fundamentals. They have rules. So you can come out in a swinging gate for all they care, and they're going to have an answer for it. And that's what they did to the Huskies. 
they had answers for everything the Huskies tried to throw at them. Um, one thing that I really thought happened in this game that I'm not sure, I won't say this is a fact, but I think the fact I think that Stan Bedwell playing head coach and quarterback, it came to a head in this game. He's kind of an all-inclusive guy. So he's in charge of a lot of what the offensive identity and philosophy does. It's hard to do that and play in the game. Now, he's been successful at lower levels of doing this and against other teams in the Maple League, but the Roosters are not just any team. They have a full coaching staff over there. They have very talented players. Physically, Stan isn't the most talented quarterback in the world, so he uses his mind to get his team in the right situations. And I think even when they went to this weird formation, uh, this Wildcat, I think that was giving Stan a physical break so that he could concentrate on the game. I think if there would have been two Stan Bedwells, the coach and the player separately, this game would have been had a different outcome. I think he would have saw things from the sideline that he couldn't see in the game because he was physically under duress for most of the game and trying to get his players to play to a different level. So... I think for the Huskies, they got to figure out a better way to run their system when they play against a talented team like this. But statistically-wise, both teams play almost the same. Like you said, take away those two big plays, which I'm not taking anything away from the Roosters. This is what makes them better than everyone else in the Maple League. They make big plays when big plays need to be made. When you get in the red zone, they stop you. They have a bend-but-don't-break defense. And they stay true to it, and they are who they are. Uh, what was the saying? They are who we thought they were. The Roosters are the Roosters, <laughs> right? So, with that being said, the game was it was a decent game, but the Huskies have to find a way to close that gap between being good and being great. Right now, they're playing good, but not great. I want to talk about a couple player matchups in the game as well that I think a lot of people might not have noticed. Uh, you said Roman Runner wasn't as effective as normal. Only had like 60-something yards, a couple catches. But Roman Runner, I'm not going to say shut down because I don't believe that anybody in this league can shut down anybody. But Roman Runner had the task of playing the number one receiver for the Huskies and then being the number one cornerback for the Huskies to guard Bernard Luster, who has like eight touchdowns, 400-something yards, and is – by far the most productive offensive threat in the Maple League this season, Lester had one catch for 25 yards. That was it. And Roman Runner did this the whole game, guarding Lester, as well as being the kickoff returner, starting on offense, and running the Wildcat offense for the Huskies. So I'm just giving kudos to Roman that he played one hell of a game, and he's making – even more sense to me as an MVP candidate this year because he does it all. He helped keep the Huskies in that game, both offensively and defensively, simultaneously. I know it sounds like I'm trying to use a lot of big words, but I'm not. They just happen to sound that way. But Roman Runner really did do his thing. Uh, One more name I want to throw out there. I don't want to get it wrong. I really don't because I'm not 100% sure if I'm going to say it right. But – There's a defensive back for the Hamelina Huskies. His name is, I want to say, Aku Katanen. I don't know if you know who he is. But this dude is getting an interception every week. He got an interception this game. 
I'm pretty sure he's averaging one interception every game that the Homelander Huskies have played. So he's at four or five for the season. I don't know if anybody's watching this defensive back back there. Uh, number two, I think is his number. But this Finnish guy is putting up stats and making big plays every week for the Huskies. And I just want people to know the name. Aku Katainen. I might be saying it wrong. But shit, y'all look him up and y'all know who he is. This dude is playing great for the Huskies in the defensive backfield. I definitely agree. And uh, back to Roman, you know, uh, even like you said, you know, even he had a moment where he had shoulder sign of injury and this guy kept going, man. You know, and that's the type of leadership that young teams to the league like the Huskies need. And, you know, and one thing that I wanted to say about Stan was uh, also – He's a guy that plays with a lot of emotion. And that's another thing that hurts him being a coach and a player in the Maple League because you can see sometimes as a player, the Roosters were able to rattle him and frustrate him and were able to get him out of his element of being a calm and collective coach, as we've seen him be able to do earlier in the season when they're putting up 500 yards of offense and he's throwing six or seven touchdowns. So I agree with you that there has to be a way where he can get more help to where if he's going to be a player, he can focus on playing. And if he's going to be a coach, he can focus on coaching. And I think that the Roosters did a good job of really getting into his head and really forcing them to make mistakes and to finish this game and stay the number one team in the country. All right. So the next game we'll talk about the Tampa Saints finally get a win by beating the Winless Turku Trojans, 35-21. to uh, I'll let you go at it first again, Jabari. Uh, this game, man, it was very surprising. Um, I really believed, I really hoped, and I really thought that the Turku Trojans were going to come out and, you know, get their first victory versus the Saints. But it seems that the Saints made big adjustments right in time. Um, I think that they had their quarterback was on fire. Um his legs were amazing this game, and the Turku defense really just didn't have the answers for it. Um, I think that overall, Turku on the offensive side played one of their best games. I mean, they were actually putting up points, which is something that they weren't able to do all season. Um, wide receiver Andy Majero, the Polish receiver, he's still emerging as a young, talented receiver in the league, being Turku's number one receiver. Uh, their new quarterback played absolutely pretty well for his first game in the league. But I want to talk about how the Saints just basically came out and said, hey, look, we can't go another week losing a game. And they came out and played as a team on both sides of the ball. Um, this offense looked like a brand new offense. And um, I think that this game was the battle of the bottom of the sea. And one of us had to win. And the Saints just came out and did that. Um, what I noticed in this game is June Robinson, uh, the force of the defense, wasn't able to play um, to the top of his ability. Um, you could tell that right now he's fighting through injury. Um, he's playing everywhere. He's trying to play linebacker. He's trying to play defensive lineman. And this is just one of the things that we talked about in the beginning of the year when we said that the Turku Trojan would, Trojans would struggle because of depth. And now we're seeing that guys are – Guys are getting banged up and guys are playing out of position, but now it's key players that are getting hurt and they're not able to get the same production out of those key players because of injury and lack of support. Uh, Purvis, I'm going to let you take over. Okay, so this game, 
I'm going to go statistically with it because, I mean, in my opinion, both of these teams are are fighting to stay in the league. They're fighting at the bottom, and they're fighting to stay in the league. And this was a good game for both teams. They both had great takeaways. But in all honesty, it's defense wins championships. Neither one of these teams has shown that they have a defense that wants to win a championship. I mean, both of these teams gave up over 400 yards of offense. They just did it two different ways. Now, one thing that I, I think really set the tone and made the difference in the game is Trojans were settling for field goals. Saints were scoring touchdowns. The score after the third quarter is 21-9. to nine. Now, you think, oh, well, damn, that means one team is blowing out the other team. In actuality, what it meant was the Saints scored three touchdowns, and the Trojans scored three field goals. So you both were in scoring position. Like, you both were close enough to score, but one team punched in with touchdowns and the other team settled for field goals. And for the Trojans, they're just happy to have points because before this game, they I don't think they even had a touchdown in this season. I'm not sure. But they're just settling for points and excited to be on the board. For the Saints, like you said, they came out and said, we will not lose this game. And it's definitely a credit to them offensively because, like I said, defensively, they gave up the yards. They just held the team when they needed to, which they can take credit for that. But in my opinion, the Trojans just weren't being as aggressive as they needed to be in this game to win. So the Saints, what they had going for them offense, like I said, the quarterback, Raleigh Yadel, as I've said in articles before, is in my opinion, he's not a quarterback. He's a runner. And I'm glad that they figured that out in Tampa. What they did was he still did not play well as a quarterback throwing the ball. He was 8 for 15, 116 yards, nothing to cough at, you know. Threw two touchdowns in that, though, with an interception. But what he did was he used his legs. He had 131 yards rushing with two touchdowns. And then you add that to just Tiny, the Portugal import, who has been awesome for them offensively, and is pretty much the most talented player on offense. He has another 130 yards. They have almost, what, 310 yards rushing in this game against the Trojans. Between those two players, that's 260 yards to that. The Saints found that this is what they need to do to win. For them to win, Yodel needs to run. For them to win, Tiny needs to run. For them to win, this offense needs to be predicated on running the ball and using the pass to help and complement that run, not the other way around like you would expect from a traditional offense. That's okay. I'm glad that I'm glad that they figured it out. I feel like they waited a little long to figure it out, but they figured it out. Be what, what your team is good at, not try to force them into an ideology that they can't that they can't be successful in. This team can run the ball with that quarterback who's that elusive and has the potential to make big plays with his legs, let him use his legs. Don't force the guy to throw the ball. A lot of people were talking about Jordan Moore as being not a throwing quarterback with the with the Butchers, and a lot of people have missed out on the fact that Yodell is a sim, not similar, if more a more dangerous runner as a quarterback. So I think the Saints did a good job by figuring that out in this game. And it's only going to help them in the future. Uh, Last thing to add about the Saints, 
I noticed a lot of different players on their defense in this game. I'm just going to say their numbers because I really didn't look at the roster to see who their names were. But they had a the number two on their defense was a new face. Number three was a new face. And, of course, number 11, the Mike Williams, the new import, he was a new face. But their defense looks different besides the the key player in uh, Benjamin Ulipa. But I think that they have found something going into the midsummer break that in the second half of the season, the Saints will actually be a team to look for making a push to the playoffs. Now, on the Trojan side, just wasn't y'all's game. And I, I can only hope that they decide to score touchdowns instead of field goals in the future. But putting up 400 yards of offense is nothing to laugh at. And they did it 200 on rushing and another 260 in passing. So they showed a balanced offensive attack. They just didn't score the points they needed. They In the red zone, they didn't score the way that they needed to with touchdowns instead of field goals. But all in all, this was probably the best game of the week because both teams improved. I'm not saying that the game that you actually watched was worth anything, but both teams improved. And you can see that there is potential for both these teams to continue improving throughout this season. So kudos to both teams for not just calling it, hey, we're going to suck this season. Absolutely. Uh, The next game we're going to talk about was this will be the last game of the weekend. The Wassel Royals beat the Porvo Butchers 19-14. to I'll let you go first again, Jabari. Oh, man, this was such an interesting close game. Um, you know, this game here was really, uh, at the time, the battle for the third-place spot. And I think that um, I think that both teams play absolutely a good game. Um, what I saw in this game, it was a defensive battle. I mean, the Vasa Royals and the Porvo Butchers defense played very well in this game. Um, but a side note that I like to make that made the biggest difference in this game was the absence of Darian Hall and eventually the injury of Jordan Moore. Uh, going towards the end of this game, um, you know, Jordan, he he carried the team on his back as much as he possibly could. And, um, you know, I said weeks before, you know, this was one of the things that was going to hurt. Uh, one thing about being a dual, th- a dual third quarterback that uses your legs a lot, you have to be careful with how many hits you take and who you take them from. And um, we've seen a lot that, you know, Chris Young was getting the opportunity to get one-on-one shots at Jordan. And eventually, you know, it caused Jordan to to, uh, to get an injury that finished his season. So, um, you know, to both of those players, you know, keep your heads up. You you guys did a great job this year. You know, you guys did a great job of getting Porvu back to their winning ways and changing the culture of that program. Um, but, you know, Vasa came out and finished the game. Um, I don't think that uh, – I don't think offensively still I wasn't really impressed. I don't think that they are playing still to the potential that we expected them to. But I think that, you know, they're still finding themselves in the system. Uh, after talking with RJ the other day, you know, it's a matter of, like he said, it's a new system for the quarterbacks, for the receivers, and for the overall offense. And I think that everybody's now having to understand that they have to embrace a role and that they have to buy into the system. On the defensive side of the ball, I think that uh, the Vasa Royals did a, a good job of minimizing uh, Porvo's offense to where they did enough to where 
they can outscore them and win the game. I mean, the game came down to one touchdown. I feel like Jordan Moore, if he could have been able to finish this game later in that fourth quarter, I think that this could have easily been the game that went into overtime and it could have been a different outcome. But I think that the Royals defense did a good job of minimizing his offensive production with his legs and also through the air. And they came out with the win. So great job to both teams. It was very competitive. And I think that the Royals have uh, found their winning ways again at the right time going into the break. I'm not going to be PC about this game at all. Uh, Royals got lucky. That's how I feel about it. Like you said, if Moore hadn't have been hurt, they would have won the game. I believe 100% the Butchers would have won the game. It was not a game that the Royals were set up to win. If he hadn't been hurt, they would have won this game. The Royals were on their heels pretty much the whole game. But as you said, they did actually win. When they had to, they scored the points they needed to to win this game with a team that did not have a starting quarterback. And honestly, the Butchers are in a bad spot right now because – on paper, before Darian Hall's injury, before Jordan Moore's injury, they're the third best team in the Maple League. But now both those players are gone. That's just a fact of the matter. So the Butchers are now a wild card. We don't know what's going to happen from them from the second half between the imports they bring in. The entirety of their offense was based on those two guys putting up good numbers and playing a scheme that worked for that team. You notice in this game that they went away from the eye formation that they had with Darren Hall. They went to a shotgun formation, three receivers. Um, Moore was still – he was still a, a running dual quick, dual threat quarterback, but he's in a shotgun formation, something he's actually used to doing. And he ran the offense well, and they, they were being productive to the extent that you could have them being productive from a running team. But they would have been able to score at the end of this game And I believe so heartily that the Butchers are in trouble for the rest of the season because of these two injuries. Their whole identity on the offense is going to be changing. Their defense is still a decent defense, not a great defense. But that offense controlled the clock. It controlled the game for them so that they they could have more energy on defense to go against these high-octane offenses they've been seeing. Now, the Royals, on the other hand, I'm sorry, but... You guys got to figure it out. Jabari, you said that, hey, they're they're learning a new system. They, they've got time. They're working on it. Yeah, but I put a lot of stake in you suckers, okay? So I don't have time <laughs> for y'all to be figuring stuff out. I might just be feeling some type of way. But you got too much talent over there. There's too much talent, and I'm not seeing it coming to fruition. You got R.J. Long, arguably the best receiver in the league, He's getting receptions and yards, no touchdowns. Why is that? It's not because he can't score. It's because when you guys get in scoring positions, the either the play call isn't being correct or Justin isn't making the right reads as a signal caller. I don't know which one it is. I don't care which one it is. I'm not playing the games. You guys are. I want to see points. I want to see production. I want to see drives from the Royals. Right now, they look like a team that is trying to figure out who they are. You don't have that luxury. You do not have that luxury to figure out who you are. You have some of the biggest names in the league. You have a lot of, you are a brand. 
Um, this team has been known to you got 85 different jersey combinations. Like you put yourself <laughs> in the spotlight. You can't put yourself in the spotlight and then say, oh, well, we're just trying to go one game at a time. To hell with that. You don't put yourself in the spotlight and then say and then try to backtrack and say, well, we're working on a couple things. No, guys, you're the Wassel Royals. Everybody knows who you are. You're putting up, you're playing in the Botany of Holly and all this. You got a thousand, two thousand people coming to your games. You're doing all this bragging before the season. The season is here. We've seen what you got. We're not impressed. We're not. So impress me. I mean, I'm not playing. You guys are playing. Impress me. I want to see. I don't want to see Justin Sotelier from the Crocodiles. No, I don't give a damn about that. That's in the past. I want to see Justin Sotelier of the Royals. I want to see Tom Suosti of the Royals. I want to see Spencer Cutlin of the Royals. I want to see the Wassel Royals of 2017 living up to expectations. Because if you don't, from here on, you will be hearing from Perfect Purpose about you not living up to these expectations. Because I expect great things from a team full of great players. It's different if you're a team full of average players and just trying to get some pub. You got too much talent on that roster. I'm sorry, too much talent to be muddling in this league. This Porvo Butchers team is a is a good team. But this Wassel Royals team is a talented team. Talent beats good every time. And that's what they did. They beat them with talent in this game. But that might not be the case later in the season. I don't know who the Butchers are bringing in. So the Royals need to get it together before someone else does and takes their spot in the playoffs. And you're absolutely right about that because, like, right now, that third and fourth spot is so open. And I really believe that teams that are in the hunt, like the Sandioki Crocodiles, and even at this point, the Tampa Bay Saints, they're licking their chops because right now they're the teams that are looked at the scum and they have nothing to lose. But also, they have two weeks to completely change their identity, to bring in more pieces if possible, to reform a whole new team and really bite at the necks of these teams at the bottom. So as you said, three and two is not what we expected right now from the Vasa Royals. Three and two is definitely not what we expected. So what they have to do now is they have to limit the excuses, as you said, and just play Vasa Royal football. I think that last year, when they first made their, I guess, appearance in the Maple League, R.J. Long came in unstoppable. He came in putting up crazy numbers. He was playing free. He was inside. He was outside. He was catching fades. He was going up in double teams. And now, as you said, one touchdown through five games. I said three weeks ago, I want to see him being featured earlier in the games and not when the game is on the line. I think that if you had taken R.J. Long out of this game, I think that the offense wouldn't have produced as much as it did. And that's not taking any, I don't think anything's wrong with what Booker's trying to do. But I think that now it's time for the players to challenge themselves to play up to the potential that they played last year, which even had us even saying this year that they were going to finish first in the league. If they had not shown signs last year of being the talented team 
and then in the offseason bringing in more big names to play, we wouldn't be sitting here expecting them to be one of the top two teams in the league. The fact that I'm saying that they're third or possibly fourth right now is why we're frustrated. Now, we expected the Huskies to come in to put up stats, but we also expected them to still be a young team that in big games to have to learn some hard lessons, which is what they did. But the fact that right now we're putting the Butchers, Huskies, and Roosters above the Vasa Royals says a lot. It says a lot. Because if they would have had lost this game, they'd be sitting at, what, two and three? Yeah. And that definitely would not have been the Vasa Royals that has been given credibility to not only by AFFF, but if you looked at the polls that we put out of people that picked them to be one of the top teams, even to the fans of the league, I think that not only the Butchers have things to figure out, because, I mean, even though Jordan Moore and Darian Hall is gone, I think that the core of this team has been playing well together. The defense still can improve and the defense is still together. Um, but I think that the offense, the offensive line is still going to be offensive line that they have. Uh, the receivers are going to be the receivers that they have. And I think that plugging in the new quarterback and the new running back will make the biggest difference. I think that if they go to get a running back, they're going to try to find a running back that's similar to Darius Hall's style because that fits the personnel that they have on offense. But at this point, I think it's going to be extremely hard to replace a Jordan Moore. Now, you can say whatever you want about his passing percentage. You can say whatever you want about his production. But one thing we can't take away from this guy is that this guy was a leader and they rallied around him. Did you hear anybody in Porvoo complaining about his passing? No. Did you hear anybody in Porvoo complaining about the way he runs? No. They let him play his game, and he had this team 3-0. and That presence, as I said before, when people said, oh, you're going to pick Jordan Moore to be an MVP caliber player. Let's go NFL here if you want to. When Cam Newton won the MVP of the NFL, was he throwing 60 70%? Hell no. But – his presence in the league and his presence and value to that team was the most important thing that he was given credibility for. And that's why I said Darian Hall and Jordan Moore really carried this team. Because if you look at this Porvoo team, do they have big name players that the Helsinki Roosters have all across the board, that the Vasa Royals have all across the board? Hell, that the Hamelina Huskies held all across the board. No, they had a solid offensive line. They had Miko Seppinen, they had Jordan Moore, and they had Darian Hall. And this was a team that started 3-0, competed well with the Roosters, and had a chance, even without Hall, to beat the Vasa Royals. So now, can you guys start to understand that football is not a game of just big-name players? It's not a game of always statistics. These guys were putting the Butchers on the map, and I hope that the Butchers are able to continue to finish out the season that they had. I'd hate to see a team with so much potential potential, and put in so much hard work season go completely down the drain due to injuries. And that's something that the league doesn't need. We need more teams to continue to try to work hard and compete with the Roosters or else it's going to get very boring very soon. All right, that that's the games for the week. I'm going to go a little off script here and just talk a little bit. Even though we're going to have a, a midsummer show coming up to talk about playoffs and stuff like that. But while we're on the subject, I mean, look at I'm looking at the standings right now. The Royals are three and two. The Butchers are three and two. The Crocodiles are one and four. The Saints are one and four. 
You know what the difference is between third and sixth place right now? Two games. You know how many games each team has left? A minimum of six. So you're telling me there's a two-game difference, which means in the next six weeks, if the Royals or Butchers, if they if they drop two or three, and the Crocodiles or Saints win two or three, they they could be switching places. That's how close it is right now. That's the Royals and the Butchers need to realize that that's where they are right now. There is no room for hey, we need to figure stuff out still. It's on now, and the Crocodiles and Saints, it looks like they're figuring out what they want to do. Trojans, you still got a little ways to go. I ain't mad at you guys, but it this second half of the season, it's on now. Like This is not the time to be figuring stuff out, and of course, we're talking during midsummer break, so these teams are probably figuring stuff out as we're talking right now. That's cool, but we're letting you know. We're putting you on notice right now that it's on. You guys, you teams that are struggling right now that aren't playing to your potential, basically we're talking to the Royals. I'm sorry, but we're talking to the Royals. You better get it turned around now because there is no later. You got six weeks. These teams are hungry. They've shown they're hungry, and it looks like they're coming for you. Mm. Hey, I don't know if you heard, man, but I hear that there's a rumor that Sanioki may be getting a new quarterback. I don't know how true it is, but word is that Brett Artive is out, and he's decided to leave the team. So if that is true, that may be something right there that could possibly help or hurt the Crocodiles. If they go in some kind of way and bring in another monster or a guy that's probably more productive with his legs and his arm, that definitely could be a shot at them of sneaking into that third or fourth spot. But if this is something that happens that they can't maybe get a guy that's just as good or a guy that's better or get a guy at all, this could allow teams like the Royals to ease by. And that's what I don't want to see teams at the bottom do. Right now, every team at the bottom still has a shot. Yep. And right now, they have to be looking at it that way. And that's the beauty of the structure of this Maple League right now. Everybody, even with the shitty start, still has a second half. And in this second half, many things can change. The only team right now that I feel that should be feeling safe right now is the Helsinki Roosters. Only because they have managed to go out and figure everybody out. They have everybody healthy. They have a game plan to continue to get better. Uh, Even if you're the Hamelina Huskies right now, you don't feel safe. For the simple fact of the Helsinki Roosters have a way exposed that you guys are not immortal either. So from second on down, the game plan should be polishing up, getting guys back healthy, and making moves. You have two weeks knowing that you have five or six games left. Make the moves necessary to make this league competitive, or you guys could be watching the Helsinki Roosters hold the Maple Bowl trophy for the sixth time straight. That's all I got to say. Okay, so that's going to be it for us this week. This week, the teams will be off, so there's no games on Thursday, Saturday, or Monday of this week for the entire Maple League in observance of the midsummer holiday. But because we're nice guys, 
We're gonna try to get you. Uh, we're gonna try to have a midsummer show for you, and we're gonna let you know where we think teams are gonna finish this season. Who are our leading MVP candidates? And we'll try to get a couple interviews if we can. Outside of that, if you guys have been following us on Facebook, you'll know that yesterday we did a live video with a couple of players. We had over a thousand views. It was a fun time. We were on there for about an hour uh, talking to receiver RJ Long and defensive back Curtis Slater. We will be doing that again this week on Wednesday and Thursday. We'll be doing videos and we might have a video posted on Friday. So stay tuned with us. You can follow that AFF page on Facebook. You can follow Vincent Purvis page on Facebook or you can go to our AFF a midsummer event on Facebook, and we'll be putting a live video up there as we go live at 6 p.m. on each one of these days. I'm saying that now, but this this actual recording, I'm not going to post until after we go live today. So check us out live on Thursday, because this will be a Wednesday show. <laughs> That's it for us this week on American Football in Finland. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook at American Football in Finland. Or check out the latest show on perfectpurpose.com forward slash AFF. You can now subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Just search for American Football in Finland in the podcast section and you can catch up on all our latest content, including player and coaches interviews. One last thing about the player and coaches interviews. On the actual um, podcast page on Apple iTunes, you can go and see not just the weekly shows that we do, but we have an interview section where I've done different interviews and we've done different interviews with players and coaches. So if you just want to check out a short five, 10 minute interview, you can go there and check out the interview and we'll be adding more interviews. So you guys go check those out. So until next week, I'm perfect purpose with my co-host Jabari Harris. Thanks for having me. See you again tomorrow.